Well, hello, Hopers. We are in Psalm 10 today. It's a longer psalm, and uh, many people believe it goes with Psalm 9 that we talked about last week as an acrostic. But in our Bibles, it's a separate psalm, so we'll look at it separately. Today, what I've titled this devotional is Will Evil Win? I believe that the theme, at least as far as I see it, of this psalm is David asking a question with God, kind of wrestling out in his faith. Will evil win? So Psalm 10, verse 1. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourselves, hide yourself in times of trouble? I'm pretty sure every single one of us can feel those words. Where are you, God? <laughs> Why do you feel so far away? Why are you hiding yourself? Things are bad. Times of trouble have come. Why do you choose to stand far away? Why do you not answer my prayers? Why do you let things keep getting worse and worse? Where are you, God? What are you doing? What's going on? And when that happens in us, it begins to, as a, as a human being, as an emotional being, it begins to, to form a process inside of us where we start to ask this question that we should know the answer to, but it's sometimes is emotionally or even intellectually hard to get there. And the question is, will evil win. God promised, you know, all this good stuff and, and that evil will never, but sometimes we're like, maybe it kind of looks like that. So pick up with me at verse two down to verse 11. David describes in very poetic terms, this idea, this question, is evil going to have the upper hand? Are they going to have their way? Will nothing stop them? Will they just be able to devour everything? Is it better to be evil than to be good? Is it necessary to be evil to survive in this world? These are practical questions that we live and interact with as we go about our business every day, as we go to our jobs, as we go to our schools. These are questions, does evil actually pay? Verse two, in his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak. Those are the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears no one will ever do me harm. His mouth is full of lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. From ambush he murders the innocent. His eyes watch in secret for his victims. Like a lion in cover, he lies in wait. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed. They collapse. They fall under his strength. He says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees. As David writes that, and as I read that, I feel like that th this could be someone who's living in our day and age, writing about what they see happening around them as a Christian, wondering, is everyone who is godless and evil and wicked and lost just going to have whatever they want? 
Are they going to win the day? Is their voice going to be the loudest voice and the one that gets their laws passed and their ideas promoted? And are, Is everyone going to follow them? Is everyone going to buy into their way of living? Is that what's going to win in this world? And if I have the truth over here and I have God, I'm wondering, where are you, God, in this? If this bothers me, it has to bother you. Why aren't you here? So what David does in verse 12 is he lifts up a prayer. The prayer is pretty simple. Arise, Lord. Lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless. It's just a plea, really. God, do something. God, get up. Lift up your hand. Don't just sit still. Lift up your hand. Don't forget the helpless. They need you. God, it looks like they're just going to be washed away. God, they need you. Help them. The rest of the psalm is David reminding himself of what he deeply believes. It may not be what he sees, and it may not be the questions that are flying around in his head at the moment, but it is what he is convinced of. As believers, oftentimes the questions that are at the front of our mind are in dissonance with what we deeply hold as true. And we have to have a discussion between the two of them and decide if somehow something has shifted in what we deeply believe, which is unlikely, or if we're going to bring what's at the front of our mind into coordination, into harmony with what we deeply believe. And that's what David does. As he prays and he says, God, lift up your hand. Don't forget the helpless. It kind of triggers in him, you won't forget the helpless. I know you won't because I know you. I know who you are. I know you are paying attention, and I know that evil will not win. He reminds himself, verse 14, but you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness that would not otherwise be found out. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them. You listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. The psalm ends with David saying, you haven't forgotten anyone. And evil will never win. No matter how much advance they make, evil will never win. I think about that as I think about for us as as believers being discouraged and disheartened at this world. But what David shows us is a process to coming back to being people of faith who live that faith out in spite of what seems to be playing out in our world. We look at it and we say, oh, God, this looks really bad. God, what are you doing? Where are you? But then we remind ourselves of what we know. God, you are right here and you haven't forgotten anyone and evil will never win. Evil will never win. So today I'm saying for through this psalm, let's remind ourselves, don't ever let yourself be convinced that evil wins. Don't let yourself be convinced that evil wins. Not for the sake of rationalizing your choices. Well, there's nothing else I can do. I've got to play ball. I've got to be a part of this world. So I've got to be shady. I've got to do. No, live as a believer. Live as someone who lives believing God wins. Right wins. Right is right. And right is honoring to the one who is going to ultimately reign over it all. Evil doesn't win. And, it, and I can't play into that. 
Don't ever let yourself be convinced that evil wins. And don't let yourself be convinced for the sake of wallowing in discouragement. Well, this world's just going down and down and down. That discouragement, that darkness, that sense of frustration and even depression is not healthy and does not reflect a person of faith. I'm not saying those thoughts don't cross our mind. I'm saying we have to work our way back to believing that evil doesn't win. Remember, God reigns. Remember, he wins. And then let's go live our days like our God reigns.